Welcome to The Marcus Warren Show, powered by 960 Digital and the Wealth Empowerment Network. Now, here is your host, Marcus Warren. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the number one retirement and tax planning show in the region, The Marcus Warren Show. I am your host, financial advisor, tax and road agent, and author of the Retirement and Tax Playbooks, Marcus Warren. And I hope everyone is doing well on this Sunday. And to my left, I am joined by our resident tax professional, D. How you doing, D? Hello and happy Sunday. And remember that if you miss any parts of the show and you want to catch up on anything you missed, all you have to do is subscribe to the Marcus Warren Show podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Also, throughout the show, we will be offering a retirement rescue game plan, which is a physical packet of information that will help rescue your retirement from all the risk that threatens your nest egg once you are close and in retirement. Now, in that game plan, you'll get a copy of my two books, a few different financial reports, and access to my webinar entitled Taxes in Retirement. And you can simply order that by going to warrenwealth.net. That's warrenwealth.net. You go to the site, put in your information, and that retirement rescue game plan will be delivered free of charge, to your front door. Once again, warrenwealth.net. Now on to the show. All right, um, so we just uh, recently had uh, an ice storm uh, come through. Actually, it's, it's kind of going through the, uh, what are we, the south, uh, eastern spots, uh, Midwest areas, and... Um, Ice is different than just than than just a irregular snowstorm, so to speak. Ice gets really dangerous because people don't know what to do or how to act. They don't know what to do or how to drive and act when it's snowing outside. Ice is a whole different ball game. And then um, you can't make snowmen when it's just ice. Can't do anything. It's no can, fun. No, you can't even know snowballs, know anything like that. Mm-hmm. Ice balls that could you know really damage somebody's yeah. uh, uh, cranium. Yeah. Um, um, of course, power is 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 a big issue mm-hmm. because. The power lines and all that stuff, and it's, uh, you know, hopefully, I mean, luckily, um, you know, we didn't have, uh, all that didn't happen. But, you know, ice is uh, just not a good thing, and, um, you know, school shut down, all that good stuff, uh, or bad stuff if you're a parent. But that's just the way it goes. It's winter. You know, but that's nothing to you, because you are a Chicagoite. Yes. Um, is that what they're called? Chicagoites? Chicago win. Chicago win. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, uh, you know, you were... No big deal to you. Walking to school with snow up to my knees. There you go. Walking. Yep. Up, uphill. Both ways. Uphill both ways. Let's get into Money Matters. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. Money, money, money. All right. So um, inflation. That is ha- That has been in the news a, a lot lately. Um, you know, obviously for for a number of different reasons, but mainly because we've seen inflation basically triple um, in the course of uh, the last year uh, or so. Um, And so, you know, inflation, basically, it's the rising cost of goods and services. And generally speaking, inflation has been about, historically speaking, about three, three and a half percent. Over the last few years, it's been a lot lower than that, around two, two and a half percent. And now it's jumped up to you know six to seven percent, and that's for uh, a number of different reasons. Uh, one is just a supply chain issue, um, you know, as far as getting uh, goods and services here, uh, and as a result, uh, fewer things are on the shelf, um, and that increases you know demand. Uh, obviously, um, demand is is higher because of that, and that basically raises the price. Um, another reason is there's just a heck of a lot more dollars, um, out there. Uh, the dollars, uh, have been basically flooding, uh, the system, um, you know, with the, the stimulus checks, things of that nature, which is why, you know, you see home prices, up, lumber, uh, most things are, um, uh, have increased in price, um, and a lot of a lot of reason is because there's a lot of of of, of money out there on these streets, and it's created a, a massive uh, amounts of of spending. Um, you know, used cars. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we were talking about used cars. Um, I was on um, TV this week, also talking about how 
Um, number one, used cars are up about 37%, but I was talking about a friend of mine who sold his used, used car for more than what he paid. And, um, you were also talking about, uh, tax bills mm -hmm. that, um, what it was the brother. Property your, tax bill. Yeah, yes. Property my tax yeah. Bill. My dad's yeah. Car, car tax bill, um, showed the value of his car higher than what he paid for it a few years ago. It's a used car. Yeah. And, uh, it's just like, go. what's going on here? And, you know, when you think about it, how can that happen when, you know, ca cars are supposed to be depreciating assets, right? As soon as you drive that sucker off the lot, yes. you know, it's pretty much decreased in value. Um, but really it's because they can't get, and I say they, um, uh, automakers, they can't get all the necessary parts uh, to build new cars. Um, you know, try, try to order a car right now. Um, and chances are you're going to have to uh, wait a while to get it. Um, one of the big problems are they microchips or just chips or Pringles, uh, mm -hmm. Lay's, no, yeah. microchips. Mm -hmm. um, so actually, if, if you drive from uh, Louisville to, to Cincinnati, or if you're driving, I guess it doesn't matter which way you go, Louisville to Cincinnati, Cincinnati to Louisville, but if you pass the uh, Kentucky Motor Speedway, um, that area over there, you'll see a lot of these Ford F-150s out there just sitting there because they're waiting on, you know, parts before they can you know, move out of uh, productions. But, you know, that has uh, created uh, um, a lot of issues. And so what has happened now is that car dealers, they're focusing on their used car inventory and the demand for those basically has, has shot through the roof. And uh, I was just talking about... Um, just general prices in general and never thought about how that would affect taxes and you bringing up the property tax thing. It's like, Oh, look at that. Any chance the local state or federal government has a chance of bringing in a little more tax revenue, they are going to use it anyway. Um, so actually now may be a good time to, you know, sell your car. If you have, a, well, I guess it'd be used anyway. If you have a car, um, you know, and you happen to have, you know, maybe a few extra cars laying around, mm -hmm. um, yeah. you know, you might want to sell one, one of those uh, used cars um, and you can make, uh, uh, make some money. Um, anyway, so, so how um, uh, is the government and or Fed uh, going to deal with, with inflation? Um, you know, one of the reasons, one of the ways that the Fed, um, uh, is able to deal with inflation is by raising interest rates. And they have said, you know what, they are going to do it and they may do it four times um, uh, this year. And so if, um, so when you think about interest rates, if you look at uh, your home, um, of course, we've talked about home prices uh, jumping up, but if you look at the value of, of your home, um, it's probably increased. Uh, you probably have a lot more equity in your home. Uh, and so you need to ask yourself if it's, if it's a good time to tap into that equity, uh, I would obviously talk to uh, your advisor if you have a financial advisor, um, you know, in regards to some sort of home equity line of credit. The only thing you have to be worried about is uh, generally home equity lines of credits are, uh, they, they are adjustable. Um, and if interest rates are going to jump up, then you could find yourself paying higher interest rates as interest rates go up. So, so be careful. Um, if, you, if you have a mortgage, um, uh, and it's not a fixed rate mortgage, then, you know, I would strongly suggest that you look at making it a uh, fixed rate mortgage, because if you have a variable rate or an interest only loan, um, it probably is going to go up, you know, and, and inflation is here. Um, and, uh, not long, you know, not, not sure how long, um, you know, it, it'll be around or if it will continue to go up. Uh, but if you listen to the, you know, experts and the pundit, um, you know, they, they talk, they talk about inflation being a problem, uh, at least going through, uh, through this year. And, you know, a lot of those things can have an effect on, um, can have an effect on retirement and uh, retirement income, obviously, if you're in retirement and, uh, you know, inflation hits and you're on, say, you're on even a fixed income, right? Uh, that dollar is going to buy less in goods and services throughout your retirement. Think about this. So um, let's go through a course of a, of, of a normal uh, retirement, all right? And um, so you have uh, stamps. Mm -hmm. Let's go back to the year 2000. Whoa, okay. Yeah, you have stamps. The cost of a stamp is 33 cents. 
Today, the cost of a stamp is 58 cents. A gallon of milk was $1.99. Now, today, in 2022, a gallon of milk is $3.80. And gas back in 2000 was a buck fifty-one a gallon. And today, it is uh, $3. And so, we've basically seen... Um, you know, those, uh, those prices increase, at least on all those three items, you know, 50%. And uh, that's no joke. In 22 years. In, in, in mm-hmm. 22 years. And then, you know, when we think about retirement, retirement will last, you know, 20 plus years or so. So, you know, those are things you, you, you have to think about. And so, um, and I would argue that, um, that it's, Inflation is worse than a market drop uh, because market drops, you know, if, you're, if, 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 if the market drops, um, uh, as long as you're careful about how much you are selling during that period, uh, markets generally tend to come back. But inflation is different because inflation affects the things that you need to buy. Um, you know, like I said, milk, uh, bread, gas, things of that nature. And, um, and so what we've done here is one of the things we've always done from a planning perspective, um, and unfortunately not everyone does this, is that we always factor in inflation into our clients' portfolios. Um, you know, and right now, uh, inflation's running, like I said, close to 7%. Um, and you have to make sure uh, that you, you know, have investments in there that can keep up with inflation. You don't want to have too much risk in your portfolio, but you want to make sure that you have investments that can keep up with inflation and have a, a, a balance there. Um, and, you know, and, and, and I always say you need to keep in mind that everyone does. Everyone has their own inflation rate. You know, it's based on the things that you buy. And so there's the national average. And then there's, of course, your personal average. So if you spend more money on prescription drugs or healthcare, your inflation rate is probably double of what the uh, of what's going on right now. Maybe even triple if you uh, have to purchase a lot of prescription drugs because that uh, is an issue. And inflation, you know, I, I call them uh, termites, right? Term kind of like termites, where you can't see the termites, uh, but they're always slowly eating away at your house. And inflation is always eating away at the proverbial financial, your financial house, bite by bite, bit by bit. And you have to make sure uh, that uh, you have uh, investments out there that are uh, outpacing uh, inflation. Um, And then let's not even talk about inflation's evil twin brother, which is taxation. Um, And when you put taxation and inflation together, it's not unusual for people to lose money as it relates to their purchasing power. And so you just have to make sure that you have a plan uh, that you're talking to a good fiduciary advisor about ways to combat uh, inflation, because like I said, it is here um, and we're not sure how long it'll be here. We got to get rid of those inflation termites and uh, you got to make sure that your um, that your investments, that your portfolio, uh, that your advisors has an extermination plan for those inflation termites. All right, coming up next, we're going to uh, dive into uh, some uh, tax corner. And we'll also uh, talk about uh, investing a little more. You're listening to The Marcus Warren Show. So, um, this song is from the soundtrack of Hamilton. And this is, of course, Aaron Burr, sir. (laughs) And, uh, by the way, uh, why are we, um, playing this song? Well, Mr. Burr, sir, was born on this day in 1756. The infamous. Infamous. Aaron Burr. By the way, this soundtrack, uh, uh, the Hamilton, uh, soundtrack, um, of course, it, it came out in uh, uh, 2015. Okay. It was a best-selling soundtrack ever. Wow. Eight times platinum. Uh, it was number one on the rap albums chart for a while. Okay, interesting. Um, which, I mean, it, you know, it's, it's kind of a hip-hop-ish. Yeah. Uh, you know, musical, of course, the yeah. musical Hamilton is the most successful musical of all time. It's just good stuff, good stuff, any good stuff. Anyway, welcome back to the show, the Marcus Warren Show. By the way, um, uh I know that uh, you know we both seen Hamilton and mm-hmm. um, a few times, and it's uh, 
Uh, if you haven't seen it, uh, I would definitely recommend it. I, when it was here in, in, in Louisville, I uh, took my kids, yeah. um, and they enjoyed it. And they, uh, you know, we like to act out and, and perform the songs. Uh, what we did back, you know, a few years ago when it was really hot. But, uh, you know, there it is. Anyway, welcome back to the Marcus Warren Show. So, um, uh, who do you play in those reenactments? Oh, pretty much Hamilton? all part. Hamilton, oh, all of them. Burr, um, oh. you know, Lafayette, okay. um, you know, all of those okay. guys. Um, anyway, so <laughs> George Washington, That's right. you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Thomas Jefferson. Oh, so, all right. Yes, all of the I'm, founding I'm, fathers. I'm, I'm pretty flexible. I'm, a, I'm an actor. Being a thespian, um, okay. you know, I can pretty much do any role, any oh, part. Okay. okay, yeah. I just got to find my motivation, mm. and then I just throw it out there. Thank right. you very much. All right, so... Markets are, are driven by numbers, right? Yeah. You know, earnings, mm-hmm. interest rates, uh, expectations of future, of, of future growth. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's just a math equation, right? Um, exactly. Or is it? So let's discuss. So, you know, I know that folks um, like code hard numbers because um, they're neat, they're logical, and they're measurable. But there's always, there's always more to the story. I think that there's the story itself and the stories that folks tell themselves about what's happening in the markets and what will happen, what, what, will, what will happen. And often, of course, the story and the numbers, they always seem to contradict each other. Let's dive into this. So, you know, we, um, we, we see these contradictions with really every bubble um, or any kind of period of Irrational exuberance that we've had, you know, when prices detach from the fundamental facts um, in a way that's uh, sometimes puzzling to me, uh, sometimes infuriating, uh, and then sometimes and most times just completely irrational. Um, You know, what's behind this? Uh, Of course, it's emotions, uh, stories, and then plain old human psychology, right, with tulips way back in the day, the dot-com bubble, you know, and now we have these NFTs, these non-fungible tokens. That's really a fascinating illustration of, of what I'm talking about. Um, you know, there's no rational, at least to me, no fundamental reason why AI-generated image files, they should be trading for thousands or millions of dollars. But the story and the hype says different. Um, you know, a lot of these images have, have become central to, you know, this crypto culture. You know, folks, you know, are telling, them, telling themselves and telling each other in these chat rooms. I don't know if they're chat rooms anymore, but on social media. I think it's on Discord and uh, Reddit, uh, Reddit. And oh, chat rooms. Yeah, there's still chat yeah. rooms. I'm thinking about, mm-hmm. uh, what is it, AOL, old school chat yeah. rooms. But AOL I guess not, that's the new Reddit it's just now. The new, so I'm not mm-hmm. too old. There you go. Right. But, you know, they're telling themselves themselves these stories about, uh, you know, the blockchain or this decentralized revolution that that's coming. And, of course, all the astronomical amounts of cash that people are making and changing hands. Right. But it reminds me of the dot com bubble not so long ago when unprofitable. Internet-based companies, they went public at ridiculous valuations, right? Driven by, by the way, investors' belief in the power of the Internet and this deep-seated fear of missing out on this new dot-com or Internet revolution. Remember that? Yeah, people yeah, people remember that, or they should remember it. If not, I mean, it's been a while now, and I'm pretty old. But anyway, but then something changed, right? The story changed, the emotions changed. Uh, investor belief in the value of these internet startup companies, all that changed. And does that mean that all market crazes are destined for disaster? Um, I think that's it's probably impossible to say. But what happened with the dot-com bubble is the bubble burst. And we still have internet companies. We still have uh, tech companies. Uh, it just weeded out all the ones that were based on just stories and emotions, right? And are we in a bubble now with crypto and NFTs and all that stuff? Who knows? Because bubbles only get labeled when it's in the rear view mirror. It's 
we'll never know until it's hindsight. So what do we do with all this information and this hype? You know, how do we use it to make smarter decisions? Um, well, I say we can start by accepting that the numbers don't have all the answers. But then we can also accept that the stories that we tell ourselves and each other, they don't have all the answers too. It's somewhere in the middle. The, the bottom line is the stories aren't either right or they're not wrong. They just simply are. And if we can digest that, take that information in, pause, and not get too emotional, then I think we'll all be be better off. By the way, have have you uh, purchased any NFTs or crypto or um, have you start? Have you do you have your own NFT that you're trying to sell? Yes, and make a quick buck. Right, yeah. exactly. Yes, yeah. I actually wouldn't even know where to start. I've uh, purchasing an NFT. I don't know if you go to Coinbase. I don't. Oh, there's OpenSea. I don't know. I I've, I no. The answer okay. to that is no. Not well, yet. Well, not good yet. for you. Good for you. But hey, I think I've really uh, another in addition to NFTs, crypto, blockchain. Another good example of how a story has um, really catapulted a company um, is Tesla. I, say, I knew you were going to yes. You I, knew that's yes, where I was going. Yeah. 2%. They've had 2% of the total car market share. It, it just recently, it's gone up to 2%, meaning that it's been lower than that in, in the past 10 or so years. Yep. Um, their, uh, let's see, revenue, let's look at Ford. Ford revenue in the last year, $127 billion. That was in 2020 when, by the way, car production stopped. Yeah, um, GM uh, revenue in 2020 was $122 billion. Nice. Tesla, oh, $36 billion. $36 billion in, wow. And that's in, ending in 2021. So that's after uh, the pandemic and yeah. in 2021 when um, it all started coming back. Yep. But if we look at the stock price, Ford at $20 a share, GM $53 <laughs> a share, Tesla $936 per share right now. Yeah, there's um, you're, you're absolutely right. And that's that, after a stock split. They did a stock split to reduce the price per share. Yeah, that ties right in to what I'm talking about, stories, stories sell. And there is, you know, a lot of that irrational exuberance that, that tends to... to take over the, the hearts and the minds and the pocketbooks of uh, many uh, investors and or speculators out there. And, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Cause I, I've, when I saw Tesla at 300, I was like, it's overvalued. There's no way. And it's tripled since then. Um, and, you know, when you look at the numbers, um, you know, 2% of the market share, um, you know, a third of the profits that GM and, and, and Ford make. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's, that's a, a good case in point of how emotions sell. And a lot of times it's not about the numbers. The answer is always somewhere in the middle, especially um, from a, from an investing standpoint. But I always say, you know, don't get caught up in the hype. Speaking of that, um, uh, you know, I really think that, you know, when, when you are uh, trying to, you know, invest um, and or make money, you have to basically be um, as disciplined as, as as possible. I know that emotions come in, and I talk about it all the time, right? You get your fear, and you got your greed, and then, of course, the fear of missing out um, uh, feeds into the greed, um, especially in upward-moving markets. And I said this last week that, you know, the market so far, the market so far um, this year uh, have, have, have not been uh, are trending downwards. And when you think about the last 12 years, most people, have, we haven't experienced a, a big overcorrection or a, or a sustained bear market. And a lot of people attribute um, the upward moving markets to, you know, their genius. Um, right. You know, we have do-it-yourselfers who think that they know exactly how to time the market and they've been making money over the last 12 years and they know what investments to invest in and they're feeling pretty good about themselves and or they're feeling pretty good about their uh, advisors. And I'm an advisor who will say that, hey, you know, I don't know. I don't have any control over what the market does. No one does. The market trades on news. News is unpredictable. Thus, the market is unpredictable. So there's no way to try to time it, predict it, do whatever. Now, saying all that, I'm going to make sure that uh, we find out our clients' risk tolerance. We make sure that they're diversified. And so whatever happens in the market, we expect it um, and we're prepared, when we're prepared for it. 
because there's something that's called standard deviation, not going to get in or too technical, but we know that the market is going to go up, it's going to go down, it's going to go up, it's going to go down. But depending on how you're allocated and the investments you have, you want is always going to trade or there's always going to be a certain variance of when the market is up and when it's down. But the one thing that we can control is those gyrations in the market through diversification um, and asset allocation. And so once we find out a client's risk profile, we can control the, the gyrations of the market and let our clients know, all right, in between any six-month period of time, based on your allocation, you, you can expect to be up 16% and down maybe 9 or 10%. But when those things are going to happen, we don't know, but at least you have a range. And if you're more risk-averse, it could be, hey, look, you, you could be up 25%, but you can also be down 20% in any six-month time frame. That's called knowing our clients, knowing their risk tolerances, and making sure that they understand that, hey, the markets aren't going to go up forever. We've been fooled for the last 12 years. Who knows what's going to happen moving forward, but let's just have a plan. Bam, there you go. All right, coming up next, we're going to get into some uh, tax talk with D's Tax Corner. You're listening to The Marcus Warren Show. Oh, yeah, this is a nice... um Orchestra, orchestra, symphony, mm-hmm. playing. I bet it all. I enjoy it. Anyway. Okay. All right, so this is Justin Timberlake. This is Pusher Love Girl. Now, this song came out in 2013. Wow, almost 10 years ago. Jeez, time flies. Push your love, girl. There you go. Uh, it was a uh, in the top 100 what? hits. Um, it's done okay. Now the album did very well. The oh, song, yeah. the song did well. The people know. I remember when this album came out. Loved it. Yep, you were 15 years old. Yep, there you go. Loved it, little young girl. Anyway, welcome back to the show. The Marcus Warren Show. Remember that you can request your retirement rescue game plan. All you have to do is go to warrenwealth.net and you will receive a physical packet of information that will help rescue your retirement from all the risks that threatens your nest egg. We're talking about market risk, inflation risk, and most importantly, tax rate risk. You have to protect your hard-earned money from the IRS. Once again, all you have to do is go to warrenwealth.net. That is warrenwealth.net. And so it's time for some tax corner stuff here. Because I'm the tax man. Yeah, I'm the tax man. Or woman. All right. So since it's tax season, I want to talk about tax deductions. I think sometimes the benefit of tax deductions can be misunderstood. So let's break it down. What is a tax deduction? Well, it is a dollar for dollar reduction in your taxable income. And I think one of the most common tax deductions that people tend to think about are maybe 401k or other retirement plan contributions, right? Like your 403b, your IRA contribution. So if you make $100,000 and you contribute $10,000 into your 401k, that $10,000 is deducted Haha, tax deduction. It's deducted from your income, so you're only taxed at $90,000. There you go. That's easy enough to understand, right? So here's where it gets a little bit complicated. When the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act was passed at the end of 2017, they were attempting to make tax preparation simpler, um, so they increased the standard deduction that everybody gets. And your standard deduction is based on your filing status and your age. Sometimes if you're over 65, you get a little bump. Yeah, because that's kind of different. So... The 401k, a little different than a... It is, okay. it is different, yes. It is the diff- government didn't have... Well, I guess they do have control over everything. So never mind. Go ahead. Okay. So outside <laughs> of retirement camp plan contributions, you're able to itemize or take the standard deduction that's set by the IRS. And you want to take the one that's higher 
because the deduction does the same thing. It reduces your taxable income. So because the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act greatly increased, pretty much doubled everybody's standard deduction, most people don't even qualify to itemize now. Um, and in fact, a recent study shows that in the first year that uh, the TCJA, Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, went into effect, only 11 people um, had enough to itemize. 11%, sorry, not 11, 11 people. people. <laughs> <laughs> 11% of people had enough to itemize, and that was just for higher income earners. So for those making under $200,000, mm. it was like single digits percentages. Right. So when we think of itemized deductions, what are some of the most common ones that we think about? Home mortgage interest. There you That's go. One. That is the number one. Uh, and a question that you often get asked is, well, should I refinance my mortgage or take on another mortgage? Because most of the people you speak with are close to retirement and retirement. So they're mainly paid off their homes, right? They're maybe uh, 25 years into that 30 year mortgage, 20, yeah. 25 years. So uh, most uh, of their payments right now are going to principal. Their interest deduction isn't that high. So then, you know, you get asked, well, hey, my home is already paid off. Should I uh, maybe get another mortgage or should I, you know, refinance um, so that I can continue getting that mortgage interest deduction? Well, let's look at how much of a tax break you actually get when you're deducting mortgage interest. Yeah. So let's use round numbers for simplicity's sake and say that your total mortgage, intre mortgage interest that you paid for the year was $1,000. If you're in the 22% tax bracket, that means you're saving $220. So if the question is, well, should I refinance my mortgage to get the tax break? Then you need to ask yourself, does it make sense to pay $1,000 in order to save $220? <laughs> and if that does make sense to you, then please send me $1,000 and I will send you back $220 all the time. There you go. So the answer usually <laughs> is going to be no, right? You don't want to let, like you say, the tax tail wag, wag the, dog. the dog. Yes. So another common itemized deduction that's out there is medical expenses. Oh, yeah. Now, the caveat that comes with the medical expense deduction mm -hmm. is that they don't even those expenses don't even count as a deduction until after you reach a specific threshold. So the current threshold for 2021 is 7.5% of your adjusted gross income. So again, let's keep it simple. If your adjusted gross income is $100,000, yeah. That means that you need to have out-of-pocket medical expenses that are greater than $7,500, which is 7.5% of 100000 in order for them to even count as a deduction. For right, some so, people, so, so that means that if, all right, so if I have $7,510 worth of deductions, mm -hmm. that first $7,500 is basically nothing. Mm -hmm. I'll get to deduct just the $10, $10. over mm -hmm. that $7,500. Exactly. Mm. That's how mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. medical expense deduction works. Mm. So let's talk about charity. That's another common itemized yeah. deduction that, that we think about. Um, goodwill. Yes. Salvation everyone, Army. There we go. Every, everyone keeps all those goodwill, those Salvation Army receipts. They get that printout from church that shows how much you gave each year. Now, generally, you can deduct uh, donations up to uh, uh, donations made to qualified charitable organizations up to, again, a specific threshold of your AGI. This used to be 60% for cash donations. And then any unused, anything that you couldn't deduct that one specific year because you were over that threshold, you could carry forward to future no years. no one does. Until the, I mean, yes, I have seen that like one time. That's Somebody was very charitable. Very generous. So some of the uh, COVID relief bills that passed in 2020 and 2021, they changed how some of these charitable contributions work. You typically had to itemize in order to claim charitable contributions, right? That's what we're talking about, itemized deductions. And in order to itemize, remember, you need to have more um, in itemized deductions than what your standard deduction is. But for tax years 2020 and 2021, you're able to deduct cash donations of $300, up to $300 for 2020 and $600 for 2021. Again, let's break that down and see what that tax break equals or adds up to. If, say, we're married filing joint and uh, deducting $600 um, in cash contributions and I'm in the 22% tax bracket, that means I'm saving $132 in hey. taxes. Better than nothing, right? Yeah. Plus, you want to be charitable. Oh, yeah. Given, you know, yeah. you're trying to, what are you trying to do over here? You're trying to tell people not to, not to give to charity because you're only getting $132? No. No. Sure, give to charity. Yeah. Continue. Continue. Continue okay. being yes. charitable and then you'll know the IRS will give you a little bit of a tax break. That's right. Yeah. So the final deduction I want to talk about today is salt. 
Because okay. we, I think we hear that, and I don't know if everybody understands what salt, salt means. Yeah, not yeah. salt and pepper, so, but salt is an acronym, stands for state and local taxes. Now, in addition to medical expenses, mortgage interest, charitable donations, you're also able to deduct state and local taxes that you pay throughout the year. So common ones that we think about are property taxes, like real estate taxes on your home, or those property taxes on your car, your boat, etc. Um, and then there's income taxes that are withheld from your paycheck. So a major change instituted with the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act was a $10,000 cap on state and local tax deductions. That means that you can only deduct up to $10,000 in state and local taxes paid. Now, this was a bigger hit to some of yeah. the coastal states um, that have higher property values, higher property taxes, which is why now some politicians are trying to change that cap to $80,000. They're trying to increase that cap to $80,000. Yeah. Now, these are the only itemized deductions that you're allowed to take. In the past, you used to be able to deduct tax preparation fees. Yep. You used to be able to deduct investment Advisor. account fees, advisory yep. fees, um, even unreimbursed expenses as an employee. And I think that's a big topic that came up with um, well, uh, in 2020, 2021, when home. people started having to work from home. Yes, unfortunately, you're working from home. If you uh, are working for an employer, if you get a paycheck, if you get a W-2, then you really don't have any recourse for any of the at-home um, expenses that you might have had to pay um, other than trying to get a reimbursement from your employer. Yeah. I'll tell you what, though. The good news is that all that is going to go away Yes. at the end of 2025. That is correct. So all of the deductions and things that you talked about, the way things are now, uh, that's only in place for another, what, four tax seasons or so? Yes. Mm -hmm. And then poof. They all vanish, and then everyone's going to have to get re-educated yes. on uh, deductions and exemptions because mm -hmm. they'll be back, they'll be and back. you'll be able to write off some home expenses. Yes, but the standard deduction now is going to be cut in half, yes. and the income, uh, the tax bracket income ranges are going to decrease. Taxes are going up, and there'll be a lot of confusion yeah. here coming up pretty soon. So I'll be back for D's Tax Corner oh, in 2026. Yeah, yeah, D's Tax Corner is going to be around for a long time because these taxes, the tax code is tens of thousands of pages. Um, a lot of stuff in there that people think they understand or don't understand. And that is why we have D, our enrolled agent, over here giving you all the... No, giving you all the information all the for tax that you need. Yeah, the T is for tax. Thank you, D. Or woman. All right, coming up next, we're going to jump into some news you can use and news you can't use. You're listening to The Marcus Warren Show. Now, this is a good song right here. This is uh, Ray Charles. Hit the Road Jack. Uh, it came out in 1961. Okay. Yeah. Number one in the U.S., number six in the U.K. Okay. It's good stuff. Yes, whenever I hear this song, I always think about being at a Cubs game, and uh, when the opposing team's pitcher gets changed out, they'll That's play right. this song. That's right. <laughs> I like, love the Cubbies. Yep, there you go. Yeah, you know, um, uh, Steve, you can stay. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, Fred, you can stay. Okay. But Jack, oh, got you got to go. Mm. Got to hit the road. Anyway, welcome back. To the Marcus Warren show. So um, I want to uh, talk about um, some stocks real quick, you know, to the market, you know, because a lot of stuff is uh, things have gotten real over the last few weeks um, um, or really actually less unreal than this unrealistic market that we've had for the last 12 to 13 years. Um, you know, I'd like I'd like to say that, hey, you know what? I knew it was coming. I sold out in November and uh, everything's up. 
but that's not the way that uh, things generally work, and that's not what I preach. You know, the the thing about uh, money is that you know I, I know a lot of people, and we deal with a lot of people who've accumulated a lot of money. Um, but I always say few people, you know, are are rich, so to speak. What do I mean by that? Rich is rich to me is you know having that income or passive income that's greater than your expenses. Um, you know, people uh, on the path to money they focus on earnings and what's coming in. But people on the path to wealth, they focus on their expenses because it's not what you make people, but it's what you keep. Um, you know, when, and really when you think about, you know, being Richard or being wealthy, um, you know, I like to think about, you know, we, we, we have a client, you know, who gets about $48,000 a year in Social Security pension uh, and his IRA, uh, but he just spends $40,000 uh, each year and that makes him happy. That's enough to, to make him happy. Um, he, he likes to swim. He swims, he swims a lot. He watches a lot of college basketball. You know, every, uh, Friday he goes to eat at his favorite Mexican restaurant. Um, you know, sips on a couple of, uh, Corona Ritas, uh, you know those coronaritas that's like a corona stuck in a margarita yeah it's like overdoing right. it right that's I, like it's a little know. excessive to me also how does that taste mixture i know work it doesn't out? seem well you know yeah. what only one way to find out taco sunday anyway um but it's not your income but your income to expense ratio that determines if you're rich. And so my observations is that, you know, there's four things you need to focus on or four variables of, of, of being uh, wealthy or wealth. Um, the first one is just focus. Um, you need to, you know, be focused on uh, the things that it takes to uh, put yourself in a position to be financially successful. Um, I think the next thing is just uh, uh, being resilient or really just taking emotions out of investing, being, being a, a stoic, so stoicism, uh, determine what you can and you can't control and you can control your reactions to, uh, em- emotions and temptations, um, uh, because a lack of discipline that can be detrimental to your economic security. Um, especially here in, in the world today, our society, um, I said the world is probably more so uh, the U S than, than anything else, but, um, you know, the, we are the center of the world, aren't we? Yeah, we are. But the super abundance, you know, makes this difficult to push on being super abundant. You know, billions of dollars are spent on, um, you know, schemes to manipulate our impulses into spending money, commercials, mm-hmm. consumption, you know, consuming more uh, cars, more food, whatever it may be. Uh, believing that everyone around us is more successful uh, than we are, you know, but the most what I say, the most powerful um, forward-looking indicator of your financial security, I'm going to say it again, is not how much you earn, but how much you save and keep. Um, and especially in the overconsumption, let's make a quick buck. Uh, when markets get volatile, and we've said this before, when markets are volatile, it doesn't test investments. It tests the investor. So you need to be stoic and take emotions out of it. Of course, time, you know, time is our most valuable asset. I always say Um, it's the one thing that you shouldn't just give away. You should not just give away generously. Um, You know, you lose money. You can make that back time. You can never get back. Um, uh, Albert Einstein, compound interest, uh, the most, the eighth wonder of the world. Um, And that's where uh, time comes in, right? You invest small amounts uh, and over time, that is how you get that economic security. Um, uh, and then the last thing really just diversification. Um, investing over the long term, it pays out, but there's always dips along the way. Um, diversification helps you with that. Um, if you make bad decisions, they can still hurt you, but it won't prove uh, fatal, so to speak, because diversification is your uh, safety net. Um, you know, I talk about the fact that, um, you know, I, I got, uh, I bought, Facebook, uh, when it first came out, this IPO at 38 bucks, that's the good news. Uh, the bad news is, you know, I sold it at, at 26 because I wanted to get a, a, what is it? A, a tax loss. I wanted to take the tax loss. Um, never bought back in and today it's like 250 bucks, but I don't care because I had other investments, right? I was diversified. So it wasn't too painful because I didn't have all my eggs in one basket. I had a bunch of eggs in other baskets and that's the way it works. So the moral of the story is this. Focus on what matters. Don't let emotions get the best of you. Use time to your advantage 
and make sure you diversify your investments. All right. How do you get rich? The answer is slowly. There's no big home run. There's no one silver bullet. Remember that. Also remember this. It's time for some news you can use. (laughs) All right. What a smooth transition. Um, (laughs) So the the U.S. national debt exceeded $30 trillion for the first time ever. Of course, reflecting (laughs) some increase. That's right. Some increased federal borrowing that happened during the COVID pandemic. So total public debt reached this milestone on January 31st. And actually, you can visit usdebtclock.org to see the numbers just continue to go up. Yes, exactly. Um, So this is a $7 trillion increase from January 2020, just two years ago, just before the pandemic hit. Of course, total uh, debt comprises debt held by the public and Mm. some intra-governmental debt because the government borrows against other government uh, yeah, we organizations. Do. It's called Robin Peter to pay Paul. Exactly. Wow. So, of course, this is, comes at a time of transition. We're transitioning our fiscal and monetary policy. We've been hearing talks, like you mentioned earlier, about the Federal Reserve uh, going to be increasing interest rates to try to combat inflation. Um, and then many of the federal pandemic aid programs authorized by Congress have expired, um, um, which should hopefully stop the um, exponential growth of our debt. Um, mm. I'll tell you what, people don't think of the, the trillion, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, that's that's a 30 followed by 12 zeros. Yeah. That is a lot of money. By the way, look this up real quick. Yeah. Um, if you tried to count to 1 trillion, how long would that take you? Um, uh, this is, see, you know, because it used to go to millions used to be a lot. Then the billions, we throw billions around like, ah, eh, billions. And okay. now we're throwing trillions around yeah. like it's crazy. But how long would it take you to count to one trillion? Just 31,709 years. Say that again. 31,709 years. Years for, to one trillion. Yes. That, my friends, is insane. All right, what what else we got? All right. A uh, new bill. Yeah, I, I think when you, when you, really to me, <laughs> when you when you get past a million or, you know, 100 million, say, or 900 million, I can't think, of, I can't, like, picture what even the difference between 900 million and 1 million is astronomical Mm -hmm. and i I can't even fathom in my head what billion let alone trillion is anyway and we're talking 30 of them we're talking 30 of them Mm -hmm. yes Alrighty, so a new bill called the No Surprises Act went into effect at the beginning of this year. It bans unexpected medical charges from out-of-network providers. It's going to apply to about 10 million surprise bills each year. So the new law was approved by Congress in late 2020, um, and it protects patients when they receive emergency care or schedule treatment from doctors and hospitals who are not in their insurance networks and that they did not choose. So consumers would be responsible only for their in-network costs sharing in these in these situations that's good so yeah surprise medical bills um can be you know in the millions about 10 million each year oh, a yeah. major concern for many patients two and three adults say they worry about unexpected charges about one in five emergency room visits and up to one in six in-network hospitalizations include at least one surprise out-of-network bill yeah, and, and by the way the, the the whole surprise medical bill too um it that bill will come yeah. Sometimes 18 months after it you've does. had a surgery, I mean, a surgery or a, a birth or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. go out of network. It is, it's insane that, yeah. it, you know, you get your bills, even though you've been paying insurance and then you got to pay what your, your copay and then your, anything over, uh, what, what, whatever what they pay, deductible and all that have, stuff. Yeah. And then you think you're done. And then all of a sudden, 12 months later, you get a bill from somewhere else and it's just some crazy amount. So that's good. I, yes. I I'm not a fan of the the corny name yeah, no, surprises no surprises act, act. Or no surprises bill but I mean, well, you know, to the point no I, surprises i guess so yeah i mean go. hey yeah speaks to the public i like it um let's do one more okay billionaire investor and dallas mavericks owner mark cuban has promised or has launched an online pharmacy for generic drugs that promises steep discounts over traditional distributors distributors hmm. so it's called the mark cuban cost plus drug company talk about corny weird names um, <laughs> announced their opening of their online pharmacy last week they, they say that they will bypass healthcare industry middlemen and help consumers avoid high drug prices by charging manufacturers prices plus a flat 15 percent markup 
Oh, that's good. Now that's really good news. I yes. mean, uh, we were talking we were talking about inflation earlier, and how you have a personal inflation, um, and everybody has a personal inflation rate. And if you need prescription drugs or any kind of medical care, your inflation rate is probably triple to quadruple than what it is now, and, and some, that's like six percent. Sometimes the markup on these prices from the manufacturer to it's, when you actually have to go, even if you're covered by insurance, and, and what you crazy. might actually still have to pay ends up being in like triple digits, like hundred yes. percent plus markup. Mark yeah, plus markup. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. All right. Yes. Well, Thank hopefully you, that'll dude. reduce that. Way to go, Mark Cuban. All right. Now, if we left you with just the news you can use, that would be enough. Even though we're still pressing for time here. We're against the clock. We have to give everybody what they want. And that's the news you can't use. Well, hey, if you've been in search of your own private island, I have some good news for you. A private Connecticut island, originally listed for $175 million, is back on the market for just a paltry $100 million. Oh, yeah, that's nothing compared to a trillion dollars. It's not, I know. What? <laughs> Uh, known as the Great Island, it's roughly 60-acre estate on Long Island Sound. It's owned by descendants of a uh, baking powder entrepreneur uh, named William Ziegler. Um, it was first put uh, on the market in 2016. It was relisted for $120 million, but taken off the market in 2019. Not sure why it's not selling. It's just $100 million. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised, uh, you know, there's always a billionaire out there who could snatch That's it right. up. That's um, right. The I'm, listing agent said the new price is very realistic. Um, there's several structures on, I mean, it's 69 or 60 acres. There's several structures on the, and it's an island, um, including a 19th century colonial home that was renovated and expanded. And a medical, or not a medical, a main, the main residence um, is roughly 13,000 square feet. Um, it's uh, been vacant for decades, so it might need some oh, renovation. Some TLC, but it's a got fixer upper. Yes, it's got a <laughs> thirteen thousand square foot fixer upper. There you go. It's got a prohibition era wine cellar that is almost like a museum with bottles of whiskey from that time period. Also has an equestrian facility. Of course, it does. Nice. Roughly a mile of coastline, sandy beach, deep yeah. water, uh, deep water dock. Yeah, you know. I'm gonna have to get on the phone with my. Uh, uh, account real estate agent yeah real estate agent tell mm-hmm. them to uh look into know, that look into that yeah. see, see what we can figure out Actually, who doesn't t- want their own private island all right that'd be fantastic fantastic thank you d for that news you can't use actually i need to buy me up some lottery tickets see if i can win some money and then eventually uh purchase that go. island yeah. yeah powerball here we come oh yeah Anyway, we all know what that music means. It means we've come to the end of the show. I want to thank everyone for listening. Have a great week and take it easy on this Sunday. Thank you for listening to the Marcus Warren Show. For more information or to request your retirement toolkit, contact Marcus at 502-339-8255 or visit his website at talktomarcus.com. Warren Wealth Management and Tax Planning and WGTK are not affiliated. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendations to buy or sell any financial vehicle. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal, accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested.